0: It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent, Terry Storey. Terry is a 28-year veteran with Coldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. We've been talking quite a lot about how there's not enough homes listed in the market for buyers to buy and it's created a tight market, but that's also created another manifestation when it comes to lenders. What is that?
1: That's right. There's always a ripple effect. So if you think about it, if we're not able to sell property because there's no inventory, that in turn affects the lender. So the lenders aren't able to make a lot of loans. So what does a lender do if they're not able to make a lot of loans? They're going to loosen their credit standards by loosening their credit standards that will open up a larger supply of potential buyers. Mm -hmm. Now, that's great, You'll have more buyers, but we still have tight inventory, so I don't know how much yeah. of an effect it's going to have. I
0: think the lenders need to start building houses <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful <laughs> that would be someone's got to start building houses and stop building rentals
1: right, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, if the lenders loosen their credit standards, that's fine as long as it doesn't you know go too crazy yeah. like we had before. I mean, yeah. you remember, Steve, it was ridiculous. I do honestly, if you had a pulse, you were entitled to a loan, yeah. All you had to do was just take an application and it was stated income. If you put, I think it was 20% or 25% down. Yeah. I mean, you could say you made 500,000, then you could buy, you know, a $2 million
0: house. Well, look, it's one thing to ease credit standards. I think that means they're going to allow people in with lower FICO scores. Correct. It's another thing. I don't think we'll ever see those times again when if you fogged a mirror, uh, you know, you were able to get a mortgage those days are done. I think the lesson's been learned. Yeah, I agree. And regulations have been tightened. But now you're talking about, you know, lower FICO standards. And I think we talked a few weeks ago about this, the fact that they've done a study and they showed that those with lower FICO standards really are good at paying back their mortgages. So it's really not a problem as of yet, but we're still, you know, feeling the aftershocks of 2005 and 2006. But I don't think that's going to happen again. How's that?
1: Right. I, I agree. Okay. I, I'm with you on that. Good. And I, I would like to see this make it a little easier for people, you know, because the credit scores, you can be off by one or two points mm. and not qualify. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think the lenders just need to look at the whole case and take everything into consideration, but they don't have that leeway. No, they don't have you, the leeway of looking at and say, hey, this guy's got X amount of dollars mm. in the bank. He's got this steady job.
0: No, these conventional mortgages are done really by algorithms and factors and they fit certain criteria because they have to knock them out in huge volumes and then they have to package them to sell to investors. So no, it's never going to happen. However, there are non-conventional lenders or ways people who will lend money on a hard money basis that look at other things. So Absolutely. All right, let's move on here. First time buyers face new competition as if there wasn't enough problems out there. What kind of competition are new first time buyers feeling?
1: You know, and it's, I don't see it as new competition. It's something that's been around. The investors, they're starting to gobble up pretty much anything now under 200,000. Yeah. So it's really hard. I know even our own marketplace, I just dealt with a first time home buyer. First time home buyer looking up to 400,000 in our marketplace. Mm -hmm. And we were running from property to property. As a matter of fact, Steve, we would drive up to the house. Let's say we were supposed to show it, you know, the first day on the market, we'd get there at five o'clock. They weren't going to let anyone see it till five o'clock. There were like four or five people waiting in line to get in and see the house. So, you know, then what happened was we submit submit an offer. There's like three or four other offers and we would lose out. And we were bidding and One particular case, over asking. Mm -hmm. So what he did, and he was fortunate, he had family that could support this. But he made it a cash offer, and then he's talking about you know where you can get other sources of finance. He got his family to co-sign with him and got a mortgage after the fact. Yeah. So it's going to cost him more money to do that that way, but at the same time, he got a house that he really likes. So that that may be an avenue for some folks looking to try to. Get a mortgage. Right. If you have the ability to have somebody that could spot you for the cash, yet you go ahead and get a mortgage, mm-hmm. and this purchase is not contingent on that finance, that may give you an edge in trying to purchase a home. You
0: know, real estate buyers have always been pretty creative. I remember years ago when interest rates were ridiculously high, sellers would do self financing, they would take back the paper, they would work out terms. In other words, you can be pretty creative if you're willing to, to make a deal work. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. So in this case, the buyer had some resources that many people don't have, but you know, you got to think. Sometimes outside the box. Outside the box. You know, actually uh, this neighbor of mine is is moving. And the first thing that she did because she was competing against somebody is she wrote a very nice letter to the seller.
1: Yeah. I find that very helpful. Yeah. The seller's, First of all, they're like, well, what's this? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you touch, you know, their heart and you get to them, they'll they'll listen to it. And then others will say, oh, that's hokey.
0: No, no, I don't think it is. You know, I don't
1: think so either. I think. Well, think it's about it. Felt,
0: yeah. I mean, look, you've lived in a house all these years.
1: It's your home.
0: You've set it up to your heart's content. It's your home. Someone comes in and they go, they treat it without respect yep. versus someone who treats it with respect and understands what your feelings are and feels somewhat the same. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, that has power.
1: And then the opposite is true. When when the sellers were having a hard time selling, they were throwing in Mercedes, their vehicles, they were throwing in their boats.
0: Yeah. Where's that? I want to go there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and, and what I thought was always funny, because when the market was soft, you know, the sellers are, well, what more, what more can we do? What can we offer? What yeah. do we have to do to get somebody to buy our home?
0: Right. Right. And,
1: you know, at the end of the day, you can throw in your boat. You can throw in your car. You can throw in your wife. You can throw in whatever you want. How
0: about your dog? your dog, your baby,
1: whatever. (laughs) But at the end of the day, price will always correct it. So if it was priced properly, it it would always sell. There's always a market.
0: Very good. Good advice from a veteran market real estate participant, Terry Story. Terry has been in the business for 28 years and she can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve.